Kyle's preaching this hour, but I am going to tell you that in Isaiah 43, on the last night of Bible school, God says, do not fear. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. See there? Man, I ain't, I, I ain't scared. All right. Boy, Kyle's going to come preach. We're going to enjoy. Let's pray. Can I pray? Yeah. All right. God, it. thank you for today and just for your love for us. You love us in spite of us. <laughs> and, and God, I just thank you that we get to gather for worship and celebrate you today. Thank you for Bible school and all the kids and, and all that they learn and those that have made decisions for Christ and just wanting to follow you. God, that's what we want to do. We want to lift high the name of Jesus every day and everything. So God, help us to do that today. And I thank you for this worship hour and the gathering we get to celebrate together. Pray, God, that you'd speak to our hearts and help us pay attention. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Bobby. All right. How's everybody doing this morning? Woo! Woo. All right. Yeah. Sounds like y'all are waking up still. (laughs) But that's good. Um, So I just wanted to pick up where I left off last time. Was anybody here for last time I preached? It was about a month ago. We were in verses... Uh, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. If you don't remember it or know it, or if you weren't here, just to kind of give you a quick uh, background in what we're jumping into. Um, The first five verses of the book of John start out, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of men, and that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome Him. All right, so now that we've read that, we kind of know where we're moving into. All right, so last time, too, I talked about what the whole goal of the book of John is about. There is one word that is used over a hundred times in the book of John, and it's the, uh, the book of John contains it the most more than any other gospel. And that's the word believe. So the purpose of the book of John is for you to believe, okay? Uh, and also tied in with that, we have to figure out what John is trying to get us to believe, Right? He's trying to get us to understand that Jesus is the Savior that came to die for you, for your sins, that he was buried, resurrected, so that you can have eternal life. That's what John is wanting you to believe, okay? Uh, And so all through in it, he's writing about uh, how Jesus went about his ministry He's reminding you about Jesus' identity, and he's reminding you of the works that he did, all to just bolster your faith. Uh, And also, he wrote it to help your unbelief, okay? So those are kind of where John is headed. He's already setting the stage for that. Um, So uh, we have to keep in mind one thing as we move forward to. The word believe in the book of John is, I won't give you the Greek because we're going to do some Greek in a little bit too, but the word means a belief that drives to action. Because if you don't, if it's not a belief that drives you to an action, then you really don't believe it. It's just an idea. It's just a framework that you think works, but you have no proof for it. So belief drives you to action or else you don't believe it, okay? Uh, So, With that said, that's kind of the framework from where we're moving into this morning. Y'all still with me? Okay, there's a few of you. Yes, that's good. (laughs) So, 
uh, Bobby already prayed for us, so we're just going to jump right in, okay? We're going to read uh, John chapter 1, verses 6 through 13. If you got your Bible, you can pull it out or you can follow along on the screen, okay? Let's jump into it. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people did not even receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. So, I want to hop back to verse 6 real quick. It starts out by saying and introducing a man named John. This is not the dude who wrote the book. Okay? The dude who wrote the book is totally different from the John that he's talking about here. Uh, because if he had a... It'd be weird to write about yourself like that, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, but it says that there is a man sent from God whose name was John. So John, the apostle who wrote the book, was the, was the guy who was exiled to Patmos. Uh, he was the one that wrote Revelation. He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote the letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. That's the guy who wrote it, okay? The guy who, uh, the guy John, who he's talking about here, is John the Baptist, Okay? Do y'all know anything about John the Baptist? Okay, he's not saying that John was a Baptist. Okay. It is John the Baptist. He baptized people. So, <laughs> yeah, not John the, the Baptist as in the dude who goes to a Baptist church. John the Baptist that baptized Jesus in the Jordan River, right? He's also the guy who, um, he, he was the wild dude. He had a beard, kind of like mine. I'm assuming his was a little bit more wily. Um, but yeah, he had a beard. He wore camel's hair around him as kind of like a robe, if you will. That's how I choose to picture him. Uh, he ate wild honey and locusts. This is the guy that we're talking about, okay? He is kind of eccentric, just a little bit wild. But I want to point you to one thing right here. It doesn't say John was a man sent from God. But it says, there was a man sent from God. What the Apostle John is trying to get across to you is that his identity did not lie in his name, what he did, what he wore. But it was that he was sent by God. Do y'all know what it means to be sent? Has, any, has anybody ever been sent somewhere? Okay, I know I have. Um, growing up, I don't, I don't know why, why it was done, but my mom would send me into the grocery store to do the shopping for her. Did anybody else get that? No? Okay, just, okay, <laughs> just a few. Yeah, I was given the card in the grocery list and like, hey, your brother is not looking forward to walking around in the grocery store, so just, just go, just go. Get the list. If there's something that's missing, it's going to be okay. Just go and get it. Come back, all right? That was my mission. I had a mission from my mom, whether I liked it or not. I didn't like going in the grocery store by myself. It's a scary place. 
There's too many decisions to make, even as an adult. I have to take my wife with me. I can't do it on my own, or else I'll come back with a pack of Oreos and crescent rolls. And if you don't know how those two combine together, talk to me afterwards, and I've got a great air fryer recipe for you, okay? I'm telling you, it's amazing. I'm trying to share it with everybody. Anyway, we have to focus on the mission, right? John knew his identity, and he knew that his identity was that he was the one sent from God. Not John, the crazy guy with a beard, eating wild honey and locusts, and wearing camel's hair. That was not his true identity. It's that he was sent from God and was on a mission, right? And so that's kind of what I want to point us to this morning, is the mission. And so the first thing we have to look at is whose mission is it? Because if it's not your mission you're just going to be running a fool's errand, right? Or if you don't choose your mission or accept the mission, then you're going to be lacking something that is great and has great rewards for you. So whose mission is it? The word sent in verse 6 there literally means one who is set apart for a mission. I could give you the Greek, but I won't. (laughs) One who is set apart for a mission. So we have to learn what is ours. Are we part of that mission? Do we have a mission? Because I'll tell you, there are a bunch of different missions. Who's in the military here? Y'all ever go on operations and missions and stuff? Yeah. Would you volunteer for one that wasn't yours? No, exactly. So, we first have to determine whose mission is it. Before we even get to what the mission is, whose mission is it? Um, because, like, military operations aren't for normal civilians. Uh, me and my wife have been watching Chicago Med. I don't know if I could go in and perform those kind of operations that they do. I mean, that's a mission in, in a sort, ain't it? We have to determine whose the mission is. And in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20, Christians are given their mission, right? It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's your mission. If you are a Christian, that is your mission, okay? You have it. And I'll tell you, too, if, again, just like, what was your name one more time, man? Gavin. Just like Gavin said, he wouldn't volunteer for a mission that wasn't his, right? If you're not a Christian, you don't have that, that mission. You don't have that eternal, valuable mission. This is something that's, that's for those who, ex, who have accepted Christ and who name Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You have a mission. And it's yours, okay? So, for those of you who who have surrendered to Jesus' call in your life, let's actually talk about it now, all right? So, again, if it is your mission, you have to accept it, right? Because that's what happens, is we surrender our lives to Jesus. So, those who have surrendered, what is the mission? What's the mission? Uh, Let's look at verses 7 through 9 real quick. It says, He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. 
He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light that gives light to everyone who has come to everyone was coming into the world. So, again, John's mission right there, super clear, right? Because it repeats it like three times. Did y'all catch it? <laughs> he was there to testify as a witness about the light. So that already lays out the entire mission, what it's supposed to look like. Uh, and also, too, this is where I'm going to share a little bit of the Greek. Are y'all okay with that? Okay. <laughs> so the word... Uh, Witness and testify, which is what the mission was. He was there to witness and to testify, are actually almost identical in Greek. It is the word martyria and martyreo. Does that word sound familiar to anybody? Martyreo? Martyr, right. He was a witness to testify. And that is where we get the word martyr from. In other words, he believed it so intensely and was a witness for Jesus so intensely that it would ultimately be the death of him, right? This is the guy who spent most of his life, uh, most of his ministry in prison, just telling others about the Messiah who's going to be coming into the world. No one believed him. That's why he ended up in jail. That's why he was later beheaded. And his head served on a silver platter. Literally. He knew what his mission was. And he wasn't willing to back down from it. The mission, whenever you do accept it, is is not one that's easy to back away from. It's not an easy one to carry on. But man, it is so worthwhile. It is so worthwhile. So... What is the mission? The mission is to tell others about the light. Just like we talked about in John 1, 1 through 5. We read it really quickly, but if you were here last time, you'll remember too. Like That is one of the main themes of the book of John. It's to shed light, show the need for light to a dying world. Does anybody in here think the world is getting better? God one. <laughs> All right. With Jesus, it does. With Jesus, it does. The world is, without Jesus, though, is a dark place. It is dark. And that is part of our mission, is to show the world that there is hope. That the world is dark, but there is a light who has come into the world and has shown the way. Y'all believe that? Yeah? All right. Because it's true. I'm telling you, it's right there in verses one, uh, 1 through 5. But the world is a dark place, and we get the opportunity to be the light and to tell about the light that came into the world. That's what we're supposed to be, too, right? Salt and light. We have these, not challenges, but opportunities. Right? So, I want you to imagine real quick. Um, you are a sole eyewitness to a case, a cold case. And your testimony is the only thing that could keep this innocent person out of prison. Would you give it? I know y'all know where I'm going with it, but like if, if this was real life, 
Would you give your testimony about this person who you know is entirely innocent, but everybody has already decided against him? Yeah. I have a feeling everybody would share it. You would feel that kind of moral obligation to do it. We actually live that every day. We live it every day. We get to, we get to share our testimony with those around us, right? So, we know what the mission is. What's the objective? Y'all have not any idea of what the objective is? It is to share, like that, that is how we go about doing the mission, but the objective is to bring people into the family of God. Just like Trudy was saying, this is family reunion right here, right? This is an awesome thing. And guess what? There's still some empty chairs. I'm going to challenge y'all to fill them up. Right? There's still a lot of empty chairs. We still got a lot of room. It may get hot, and we may have to alternate breathing if every chair is filled. But that's a worthwhile thing, is it not? So the objective Again, in verses 10 through 13, it makes it really clear. It says, He was in the world, and the world was created through him, and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, and his own people didn't receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. If you want to be born of God, that is the objective. It's to bring people into the family. And I don't remember when Bobby said it, but I think it was in the last service. He was talking about just being a kid in the throne room of God. Everybody gets that opportunity. We have to follow up with it. We have to bring people in. We have to expose the darkness to the light. Right? That is the objective. Uh, And really... You could say the whole objective is missions. Has anybody ever been on a missions trip? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah. The thing is, it's something that you can do way away. You can travel to China for it. You can travel to South America. And those kind of opportunities are coming up here, just so you know. Uh, Jordan's been talking about and prepping about it, prepping it for a little while. So that kind of stuff is coming. But guess what? You can also do it here in North Carolina. Most years we actually go up to a place called Red Springs and we go and do missions work there. Also too, you can do it right here in our own community in Surf City. There's places to do it, right? Because let me tell you, those missions only provide opportunities to share the gospel, right? You meet physical needs and then you also In conjunction with the physical needs, you meet spiritual needs. You tell them about Jesus. We get to do that kind of stuff every day, okay? So I hope I'm not beating a dead horse by by all this, but I do want to get across the importance of going on missions, telling others about uh, about Jesus, okay? So I don't know about y'all. I love math. I love statistics. I don't know why people say I'm crazy, but my brain just operates in that way. So that's what I did in researching missions and stuff. 
I did a lot of research, okay? And if you would like, uh, I actually have all the links to all the stats that I'm about to give you uh, in the Uversion app. Uh, so if you pull up the Uversion app, go into events, uh, you'll see, it'll say the mission on there and Surf City, no, the Gathering Surf City. Um, and if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see stats. And I've got all the links in there to all these stats, okay? So... I just kind of want a lot of fire under you today. Is that okay? You all right with a little bit of heat? Good, because I'm already sweating. It's hot up in here. But, all right. Anyway, it says, between 71 and 74% of people believe that missions work is valuable. Do y'all believe that? Okay. Of those, between 25 and 35% believe that missions work can be unethical. Huh? Yeah. Again, like if you want the stats, if you want the links, I can give them to you. But does that make any sense? No. Okay. Between 95 and 97% of practicing Christians uh, believe that being a witness about Jesus is a crucial part of their faith. Do y'all believe that? All right. And between 94 and 97% of practicing Christians believe that the best thing that could ever happen to someone is for them to know Jesus. Y'all believe that? All right. All right. This one just kind of, this one floored me, okay? It says, of millennials, if you're a millennial, raise your hand. Okay, I feel like there's more than that, but. (laughs) All right, so of millennials. 86% feel equipped to handle faith questions. 86%. So if you feel equipped to handle faith questions and answer and respond and have a conversation about your faith, that's you, okay? Even if the answer is sometimes I don't know, just being able to have that conversation, right? 86% feel equipped. And that is the most of any generational age group, 86%. Okay, but almost half of those millennials believe that evangelism is wrong. Man, 47%. of those think that having someone join in the family of God and telling others about how they can join in the family of God is wrong. They believe it's wrong. That's sad, isn't it? Because we just read up here that between 94 and 97% believe that knowing Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to someone. Man, we have confused the mission for something entirely different. We've confused the mission for showing up to church on Sunday. And that's all we do. We've confused the mission for just going out. And I, I, I love the quote that um, it says, evangelize always and if necessary, use words. That's a great quote, right? Because that is, that's us living out the gospel. But I'll tell you something, that doesn't always get it done. Sometimes you have to say it. If they don't pick up on it after it's being shown, you have to say it. Right? So, we don't need to misunderstand the mission. 
If there is no clarity in the mission, then we got to learn. We got to get some understanding. We have to go to the source and ask, okay, what is the mission? And right here, John is saying that the mission is very clear. And that's just to go out into the world around you because it is knowingly dark. It is, no matter where you go, the world is a dark place. And it can use a little bit of light. And I'm not talking about this kind of light. But light, the light of Jesus. Right? Uh, I'm going to read a quote to you from... Charles Spurgeon. He's one of my heroes. I try to model my beard after him. And if you don't know what he looks like, look him up afterwards. It says, if there be any one point in which the Christian church ought to keep its fervor at white heat, it is concerning missions. If there be anything about which we cannot tolerate lukewarmness, it is in the matter of sending the gospel to a dying world. We've already covered, like, if everybody thinks that the world isn't getting better, guess what? There's something we can do about that. Right? We're called the salve. We are the people who can provide a salve to a wounded, hurting world. And yet, oftentimes, we just keep it to ourselves. So, I want to ask you real quick. If you know the mission is yours, take it. Now we know what the mission is, do it, right? So what is your mission plan? Because I'm going to read two quotes to you real quick, okay? It says, uh, Zig Ziglar, if you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, he's a great motivational speaker, right? He said, you can't hit a target you can't see, and you can't see a target you don't have, all right, and then Winston Churchill said, he who fails to plan is planning to fail. What's your mission plan? Do you have one? Serious question, like, do you have one? Because if you don't, you're, you're planning to fail. You don't hit targets you can't see, and you can't see the ones that you don't have. So, I want to challenge you. Make a plan whenever you leave here today. Whoever that you don't, whoever you know that you know doesn't know you're a Christian, that doesn't make sense. Let me reword that. <laughs> whoever doesn't know you're a Christian in your life, make them the first person that you talk to today and let them know. And then while you're at it, let them know the best thing that ever happened to you. Right? Because we just read 94, at least 94% of y'all believe that Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen. Right? You already raised your hand. Sorry, you can't take it back. It's on video. Okay? You already believe it's the best thing that ever happened. So what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? What is your mission plan? Because military doesn't go into operations without a plan. Surgeons, they don't go into surgery without a plan. Again, I know that because of Chicago Med. Um... The thing is, you have to have a mission. You have to have a plan for that mission. And I'll tell you, like, a lot of people are like, well, I can't do it because I, you know, I'm not trained enough. I don't know the best methods. I actually took an evangelism class. Did y'all know that was a thing? Uh, like, I took a, an accredited evangelism class at Liberty University. And we had to read a whole book about it. And I was like, 
okay, well, this is cool. Then I had to write a paper about which method of evangelism, because they gave like five. I had to write about which one was the best option. Do y'all think there's a best option or best uh, plan to evangelize? No, right? Because that that actually kind of gets a little bit restrictive. You go and evangelize, you go and share in the way that the Holy Spirit leads you to share with somebody. It could be a one-time encounter, or it could be a relationship that forms over a long period of time, and you just constantly, constantly getting on about how awesome Jesus is, about how uh, great and how awesome the mission is, and how great and awesome the family reunions are on Sunday morning and how great and awesome just those chance encounters at a coffee shop where you get to have a Jesus conversation with a brother or sister in Christ, how great those are and how encouraging those are. But they don't happen unless you accept your mission and you know what the mission is and then you have a plan to fulfill it. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. If we as the American church want to see a resurgence and a revival, then y'all, we have to start somewhere, right? It's not going to start by just, I'm telling you, it's not just going to start by sharing something on Facebook. It's a great tool, but you can't stop there. You can't just stick to, you know, sharing Sunday morning sermons on Facebook. You can't just uh, stick a cross bumper sticker on your car and expect that's going to work. Most oftentimes it's probably going to have, if you drive like me, the opposite effect. (laughs) Right? Have a plan. Have a plan. If you don't have one, I know a few people who you can talk to. You know, besides reading this, Stephen Coran is sitting up in the booth. Uh... Who was at men's breakfast yesterday? You were? Y'all got to hear his testimony, right? Steve goes on missions trips all the time. And he's always telling people about Jesus. If you want to know how to go about and share the gospel with people, go talk to Stephen. He's a great guy to talk to. Okay? There's people around. And we, you don't have to do it alone. You can do evangelism as a team. You can complete the mission as a team, right? Because, thank you for bringing that back up, Stephen. If there be anything about which we cannot tolerate lukewarmness, it is in the matter of sending the gospel to a dying world. It it says everything that I needed to say, right? So, again, I just want to challenge you. Take it, take it seriously. Take the mission seriously. Because nothing fails quicker than a mission without a plan. Nothing fails quicker than a mission without some kind of dedication to it. It will fail if you're not dedicated to it. So I'm going to pray. And uh, I'm going to, after praying and as the band is singing again, I'm going to be right down here. Um, because if you want to know how you can better do your mission, let's talk about it. Let's pray about it. If you, again, going back to the first point, if you don't know if the mission is even yours because you don't know Jesus, come and see me. We can rectify that right now. Okay? So let's pray. God, we do just thank you. Thank you for being an awesome, loving, compassionate God.
who is willing to give us a purpose, who is willing to give us a mission for the sake of something bigger, and that's the kingdom. God, we do just thank you for that. God, I just pray that as we uh, continue to go through John anytime I preach, God, I just pray that you would impress on us the need for people to believe and also to help our own unbelief. Because belief is important, because belief drives us to action. And God, I pray that we can strengthen our beliefs and not just have uh, grand ideas about how the kingdom works, but that way we know for certain that this is how the kingdom works and this is how you bring people uh, into the family of God as we build the kingdom together. God, I do just thank you. We love you. And it's all in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.